Hey there, Shopper Maniac. You're listening to another episode of Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office choir. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, maybe a little follow-up, huh? We just, I just saw... Um, it was a kind of a bummer what happened to Bandcamp, huh? We were just talking to Ethan about oh the gosh, yeah, about the you know uh, unions and tech work and stuff. And Bandcamp had a union that got recognized, but then the company sold. And part of our messaging there was like, "Hey, look, it doesn't you know it doesn't hurt your company. It doesn't mean that it's not going to sell." Sometimes selling is people think of it as bad because it's like, "Oh, it's got some new owner. It's going to go to crap," you know. But mm-hmm. a lot of tech workers think of selling as good because whatever their stock vests then and they make money and you know it's a little bit of a mixed blessing, you know. But they were evidence that just having a union doesn't necessarily hurt the ability to sell the company, although the new company grabs it and and huge layoffs immediately, you know, your union can't prevent that, uh, unfortunately. And then the eight people that were elected as the union represented, all eight of them were fired. See, uh, that seems sus, right? Like It does uh, seem sus, you know, and, and they were issued a statement, Song Trader did, that was like, oh, we didn't know they were the elected people. And you're like, you had a meeting with all eight of them. So you kind of did, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, like, if a company gets sold, it's like, clearly they weren't making money hand over fist, you know? So layoffs are probably imminent. That's probably, you know, it's part of the probably, you know, Mm -hmm. or or like, maybe it was in like, there's a... Focus issue or... uh, There's a focus issue, like it doesn't align with what the broader company epic games is doing or whatever right you know but like you know this one does just seem like a we don't want unions <laughs> goodbye union reps you know like cut off the head of the snake if you will or whatever so yeah that's um it seems like there's so few people left who they probably have a hard time getting enough power to get it re-recognized with right, a new right. and like this like Song Trader or Epic, are they just like, we'll take a federal lawsuit like uh, NLRB or whatever, you know, like we'll just, we'll just absorb that cost and the acquisition or the price of doing business, you know, like how did, it's really curious to me, like why they would say no, you know, I mean, unless the union made unreasonable demands, but it didn't, I don't know, didn't seem like it. I think people are just kind of like, we just want to keep our job, you know, so yeah. But maybe if this situation, there had to be layoffs and they couldn't get around. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure the complicated the story is nuanced and and whatever. It just doesn't look great. And we just wanted to follow up because we had mentioned it just two shows ago. Right. Well, and it was like the day after the Ethan show came out, and it was like, whoa, we we were just talking about that. That is horrific. So, um, kind of wild. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I was one of the, in the discord the other day, but had bookmarked something and I was just finally got around to looking at it the other day. It was a, a function in CSS. You know, CSS has, I bet there's a good 30, you know, like a, a function being it's turns into a value or it's used as a value for the most part. And, uh, there's a parentheses. There's a name in parentheses, just like in JavaScript, you know, you send it in stuff and it does something useful for you awful lot of them. But the one that was dropped to the Discord was called XYWH. 
Mm. That's the function name. And I was like, well, that's weird. I have to look into that, you know. And it, it turns out it's just, it's you know, it's not the life-changing kind of thing, but it's the idea is at this XY coordinate with this width and height, like make a box. Mm. So you, you, it's useful for clip path, you know, like that can be a useful way to describe how you want to clip something, especially the width and height is if you want to like, I don't know, make a box inside another element, there's also an inset function to push in from the edges. That's kind of cool, but you're pushing in, that doesn't help you with a width and height, you know, mm -hmm. it's pushing in from the edge. It could be a flexible sized shape. So you're, it's a little inconsistent in that way. And the XYWH has another thing that it can do where it can say round at the end, and then you can pass it in any border radius value too. So not only are you making this basic shape, but the basic shape can have a border radius on it too, which is also not possible with inset. So I was like, hey, good job, CSS. I was slipping in little interesting, cool things it can do. This is weird. Yeah, I'm looking at it. So X... Y is like your start coordinates, right? Or yeah, 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 yeah. And X then, Y, you know, which is not logical, but I don't blame them necessarily because it's sometimes when you're clipping, you're not really talking about the inline flow direction of the text. Sometimes you want not that, <laughs> so well, it might be nice if there's a logical version of the same thing. But. Yeah, it would be B I. Yeah. B I I W B. Right. Uh, it could be B -S. actually. There's a little bit of precedent <laughs> for that. Uh, anyway, but it would be, yeah. Uh, but then it, okay. And then the W H is like how, like how big from here do you go? Sort of, sort of like a, I don't know, SVG rectangle, like start here and then yeah, go, start here go to and here. Then get bigger. Yeah. Like a pen, you know, yeah. instructions to, to, to move from there. But yeah, you're just, it's just the width and height of the box that you're representing. Yeah. Over on my blog, I put a good, I, 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 I stole it a little bit from the, the MDN example, but I thought it was interesting. Imagine you have like a car and the car is going around a path, mm -hmm. but the path has a hard edge on it, like a 90 degree turn. Well, I took the demo and I said, well, then make the path that is drawn doesn't have to be a hundred percent exactly the same as the path that you um, animate the object along. So I made a box that animates it along that path, but rounded the edges by like eight pixels. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you know the car is going along this what looks like a square path, when it hits an edge, it still turns. There's still a turning animation on the car because that's following the border radius rather than instantly turning from say heading upwards to heading right. It's a little hard to describe, I guess with audio, but you can imagine following a, a nice curved path is a little more aesthetically pleasing to watch mm -hmm. than a other one. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That could be cool for like a little effect just to make a little like circle, like blip around or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool, kind of cool. Here's another one, round. I didn't know that was a thing, but I saw a pen from Jane Ori, and she was saying, um, uh, the, it's not in Chrome, it's in everything but Chrome. Everything uh, but Chrome. Everything but Chrome. What a wild world you, we live in. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's weird. Uh, and and the, one of the ideas is that you can uh, round it to an interval of your choosing. Mm. So instead of just, it doesn't just round 1.08273 to one, 
you can say you can route it up or down, or you can say oh, route it to the nearest 25 pixels or 100 pixels or 50 pixels, which is I can imagine being a, a kind of a useful thing. So it was pretty easy to cook up a demo where dragging something around would kind of snap into a predefined slot. Mm -hmm. So I imagine for people building this kind of, uh, you know, Trello board kind of thing or whatever, that, that kind of thing oh, could yeah, be useful. Yeah. Card, card machine yeah right yeah 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 or games or, or or whatever it's you know it's like you can replicate that kind of thing in javascript a little bit but putting that down a level you know shift left get it onto the primitives it looks pretty good pretty good yeah. so round in css pretty pretty good i didn't even know that was being talked about that's kind of cool i know this like, stuff just arrives now yeah it's pretty wild yeah Wow. I saw one from Bramus, you know, at, at Google, Van Dam, uh, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. posted a about a function. I'm just on the CSS functions kick that, uh, called light dark. So, you know, you know, if you define a, a color scheme at the root of your document, you say light and dark, which is saying, hey, I'm a website. I've got light and dark modes. It means that if the system is not, it doesn't actually help you change colors that well on a website, but it is saying like when the website is in dark mode, then stuff like inputs and checkboxes and stuff and scroll bars will turn dark because you're saying, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I support that mode. I'm doing other things to support that mode. Well, that's neat. But this new light dark function that actually helps you change colors when are in those modes. So you can give light dark. It just it has to be colors and there can only be two of them. It's the color that applies in light mode, the color that applies in dark mode. Like how useful is that? So now you can say, oh, text color is, you know, it's light in light mode and it's dark in dark mode. I, or vice I versa. saw this one. This one sort of melted my brain a bit. I, I think it's cool. I I. You know, I backed out of using color scheme light dark and yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's caused me some problems, I'll tell you what. <laughs> weird. But maybe this is the fix. Because the thing with Safari was it was like links were like an unusable purple, but I could do color scheme light dark and just be like whatever, link color you know, better purple or something. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, I backed out of Safari because it was weird. It means you but. don't, it essentially means you don't have to write the, the rather long. At prefers media color scheme, dark change yes, of variable. You okay. just don't have to do that. So it's not, it wasn't impossible to do otherwise. It's just a lot. It reads nicer to me, less, less crap in the way. Wait, okay. Question, question. It's yeah. question. Uh, it's question me mm. should we stop at light dark or or should we have like sepia or custom colors you know there's forced colors as well but let's that's kind of an accessibility tool so maybe we punt on that for a sec but like well you know i don't know is what what like is light dark enough or do we need more i don't i think when you're designing the system of css you need more like i don't think that's CSS's job is to say, this is, there should only ever be two themes on a website. That's like too much for a CSS of the language to say. Too heavy handed. Now that's a yeah. different, yeah, it's too heavy handed. But that's not to say that best practices don't say otherwise, you know, like maybe websites, you know, should generally only have two modes. 
you know, I could I could see anything being argued here, and I don't have a particularly strong opinion on it. I can tell you, I, I, I'm not rushing out to do any modes. You know, I, our <laughs> I new think version. I'm barely of, getting the mode I got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> old brother, I barely got one mode. So you're asking a lot of old Dave. <laughs> God dang right, that was too much. And uh, you know, our our new version of CodePen has has light and dark, and it was a freaking journey, you know. And I'm not. I found a little bug with it yesterday. I put a PR, and you know, I know nobody else can see this. This still works, still kind of pre-alpha here. So, uh, but it, lo- it looks good. But I tell you, it was a non-trivial f- thing to get in there. But I, I did want the system in place. Because it does seem to me that that's especially for an app like thing that people spend a bunch of time in that having a having the ability to do themes is is a good idea. Well, and I, I just looked at your pose. It looks like there's a schemed color, right? Like, um, well, exactly that. So that they're not trying to be heavy-handed about this. They're saying this is a stepping stone property towards a more robust theme function. Uh, and Bramus goes into this in more detail in the blog post. You should read that. But the idea is that it, it can take any number of themes and then the, the values don't have to be colored either. So, you, for example, perhaps you, you have a theme. You know, this is also talked about in the Discord, wasn't it? How uh, iPhone has this mode that's like old people mode or something. I forget <laughs> yeah, what it's called. But. Uh, Chris Enns, uh, editor, yeah. uh, best editor, uh, pointed out like you can set your phone into like accessibility mode, but it's like a... You know, kind of big, large buttons for people with mobility, old folks. It's like yeah. phone, photos, yeah. mail. It's like you get, I think there's like six apps on there. It even hides all the apps and they're huge buttons. It's great. That just I open those it. apps. I love yeah. it. Then you open the camera. You wanted to use it. Uh, the camera Chris, just has a button to take a picture. That's oh, it. Good. There's that's no good. controls. Yeah, it's that's amazing. awesome. I like uh, Chris was using it as a shaming function for his teenagers. Just uh, if they use apps they're not supposed to, you you just put them in that mode. I think that's great. Uh, but I don't know. I I think it's cool. But yeah, so maybe that's a. Are you saying like maybe there's another mode where that exists, or I don't know, like. I don't like can should websites have this mode? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine you did. You could make one of those modes that and then you need more than color to change, you know? So you, right. that's the point of this future coming function. What what is it called again? Schema schemed value color. schemed value. Or schemed value, notably not color. That way you could say, "Hey, if you're in that scheme, then the padding is 4 rems." But if you're in any other, it's one rem. You know, you like you'd need that. Whereas this light dark function does not mess with anything but color. Interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's the idea of like custom color schemes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm now curious. More curious. <laughs> I, I was. I'm. I saw light dark and I didn't read the post because I was like, eh, I'm not using color scheme light dark. But now I might reevaluate that. So especially if. Uh, old Safari uh, adds this property. It'd be a lot easier to deal with, you know. So I did. I had a speed. I uh, didn't didn't read the article, 
uh, thing the other day with your blog. You said, oh, yeah. You, yeah, I saw the title, Read Later in Feedbin. And, I, and instead of reading what you had to say, I go, oh, there's a Read Later button in Feedbin? You know, like I didn't, you know, I didn't read what you had to say. I was just like, I immediately just went to Feedbin and looked at the settings and something like, oh, hot damn, there is a little Read Later. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I did not know. And it's, it's cool because it's, kind of changed my life because I right now I have I blogged about it, but I still I have like 15 tabs open you know just mm, like yeah. persistent and it's like I know I'm going to read them but I can't read them this week you know next week is much better you know uh yeah, but I, yeah. I just like the the uh uh Aaron Kassane's wonderful series on Facebook Myanmar, Meta yeah. and Myanmar and Burma like I want to read this I don't want it to fall off my radar but I, I can't, you know, they're pretty long posts. Like it, it takes about 20 minutes to get through one. So like, I'm, I'm going to take my time here to read this and absorb it, but, but I can't do it now. So I just keep the tab open. Anyway, read later has a little bookmark that you can use, boop, push it up and, and save it. So, um, pretty cool. It does. So the, my point was that I, I just jumped right to it and then I was like, oh, it's a bookmarklet though. Ugh, I hate bookmarklets. Like I love bookmarklets, but I, a they don't even work in Arc. B they don't work on any site with a CSP, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So I was like, yeah, mm. yeah. But the Arc was the biggest problem, and then so I immediately Google like turn bookmarklet into Chrome extension or something, and find exactly later than I did read your post, and you found the exact same thing. Yeah, that I found guy Peter Legierski has a little. Convert Chrome bookmarklet to Chrome extension, or convert bookmarklet to Chrome extension. I, I assume it's trustworthy, and I didn't just give my my <laughs> my bookmark password to him or something. But um, I it's fine. Yeah, uh, but now you can have set, set send a feed bin as a browser extension, which should be useful in any browser, but especially in Arc where you literally can't use bookmarklets. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And then, but and then the the other thing is that you, what. If you want to do this on mobile, all you got to do is install Feedman as an app, which I didn't, as, as much as a Feedman lover as I am, I never installed that app because I think it's like almost good. And there's some, there's the, 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 the competition is a little stiffer on iOS. There's some like really good RSS apps that sync with Feedbin. So I was like, ah, might as well just use one of those. I like Reader. That's my yeah, favorite that's, one. I'm using Reader on iOS and, but not desktop. I use just the web app, but like it, it's Reader just has this it, one feature where you finish an article and you give it a little extra swipey and it goes to the next article. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. That's the main thing. And Feedbin so, doesn't have that. It, it instantly swipes to the, there's no animation between the new articles. I know that's so petty and small, but I need that in my reader. But I installed the Feedbin app. and That's that's the only way to get through a thousand articles on Sunday. So. Exactly. You need to swipe, not press the little button. And I need yeah. to see it animate. It's a hot tip. But if you install the app, you don't have to use it. But because it's installed, then you get the send to Feedbin action mm -hmm. in iOS. That, that is the roll. critical piece. So I have Feedbin installed and then I just did the like delete from home screen thing, you know? And so now, which. Uh, oh, I didn't even I, do that. You can do that. Yeah, I just so tucked you, it in a folder. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so I just, yeah. So I do the, like, I just send it to Feedbin. No problem. So uh, I can, so my phone, and that's, that's a system situation I ended up on a lot. Like I'd be on 
social media and there'd be like a cool article breakout, you know, five different posts. And it's like, oh, I'm on my phone. <laughs> this is, I need my computer to read this one because it's about code or something, you know? Yeah. So I just was like, I, I need this. So anyway, I'm glad it exists. Feedbin's cool. Pay, pays for itself again. So. Yeah, that's a good feature. I should have just assumed that that existed. Like, of course, obviously they want you to read stuff. I mean, if Feedbin's willing to accept your email newsletters and turn them into read later things, a read later bookmarklet is like a lot smaller of a feature than that. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times too, it's like, oh, I want, I wish I had this article so I could star it and share it with my secret social network that we have. Um, but then could I also like, now I have this blog, I can remember it. I'll subscribe to it later. You know, like, like there's just so many like functions going on. Like I, I want all my reading sort of channeled through Feedbin right now. So, um, you know, best, you know, uh, here's another, there was a big hot drama thing from Mark Andreessen, the techno optimist manifesto. I, you don't, I'm not advocating for it, but I, I am curious to read this, you know, just cause it was such a central piece of hot drama, but I just have the tabs sitting around. I'd rather choom, shoot it over to Feedbin. Wouldn't that be cool? So it would be, it would be, you know, we had Manton Reese on the other day too of micro blog and it makes me feel like, like I wish those things could get together a little bit. Manton has this, the bookmarking feature and that allows you to like highlight and save stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of want that world together too. Notion does a good job of that when you're, you know, you can highlight code and not only just like mark it, but you can comment on that little piece. And it does make me wish that some of that was there. You know, those of us are, who are, are, you know, subscribing to each other's likes and stuff. It makes me wish that I could share it with my highlights and commentary mm -hmm. right in there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I know that's what my blog is for, but the blog is for like, I really mean it, <laughs> you know, and it's a little higher effort. Yeah. Less, less casual. Yeah. Like Jim yeah. Keith, Kotke, they all do really good link blogging. Uh, you know, I wish I was that good, but uh, I just, I'm not, you know, but I would like to add some context on why I thought something was good. Cause it's probably weird. The stuff I like is just so friggin' random, but, um, or yeah. it's just a bunch. 20 Verge articles in a row or whatever. I don't know. So anyway, I, it's a, uh, I wish you could just sprinkle a little bit of context there and just be like, this is what I thought, you know? So here's my notes yeah. on that one. If, you, if anyone sees it. So uh, I know, I mean, whatever we obligatory Google reader reference. Cause that's what that did. Oh, Google um, reader. great. What else is happening in tech? Huh? Well, I'm going to give you another, um, uh, I got actually, maybe two cool things here. Uh, so it, back to RSS stuff, Safari 17 came out and it has yeah. a mobile Safari specifically. And it's weird. It's not on desktop, Jen, let's talk, figure it out. But, um, mobile Safari now has listened to page. So you can like open up the, the little, uh, puzzle piece menu on the bottom, you know, or the, the tab bar, and it'll give you an option for, uh, listen to page and you can play the page and even set it to two X listen back and like, uh, it'll read pages to you. And I use this feature a lot. I use like, um, a Chrome plugin called read aloud. I used edges like native read aloud feature for a while. 
Um, and it'll listen, it'll read the page to me, uh, from my phone. So that's kind of cool. Like when you, I don't know if you've been like, uh, whatever midway through an article and then it's like, Hey, will you go to target or whatever and get this? You're like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, but now you can just read, listen, make Siri read you a page in your car. So, uh, pretty cool. I was going to just say, it you've turns... always been a fan of that. Okay. Read me this thing. Oh, sorry, Siri. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> uh, uh, lady. I don't, I don't have that feature enabled, so I don't know how that happened. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Let me try. Oh, I actually, I'm not going to say it. I feel like I've watched enough YouTubes about Apple stuff. They never say it in YouTubes. They say they put it on the screen, which is probably not the most accessible thing, but I guess it happens enough that you, you know what they mean. They say, I'm going to say this phrase that, oh, I'm not going to say. I'll just, I'll just put it on the screen. And they're saying, hey, Siri. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So anyway, reading pages, having websites read you pages is the bomb. And I... Uh, I have taken it to another level, Chris. Are you ready? I'm going to show yeah, you something yeah. here on I'm our ready. video cameras. Because I bet you know what I bet you did. You you made it do it faster. Because you right? Do you did you I 1. Go 5 it? I go yeah. fast. I can't. Uh, you can make uh Siri go faster. Um, oh, you don't even need. You didn't even need to write it. Yeah, it's, it's built a little in. weird though. Like you have to like dig it, drill into. You have to, I had to listen to a page first, and then I got access to the speed. So anyway, um, so I use this. Chrome extension called read aloud. Right. Um, and I listen to th videos at two X. I do all this stuff. Right. Um, I, I spend a lot of my <laughs> time listening to things at very fast speeds. Um, and then simultaneously I got, I've been doing streaming and stuff like that. So I got into, uh, I bought a stream deck, right? Yeah, so Stream Deck. You've had that for a minute, though, right? The Elgato yeah, couple, thing with the buttons. Yeah, yeah. With, it's got buttons. It's got little dials. I got the one dials. It's fancy, right? Well, I'm yeah. going to show you on this what I what I done did to it. Um, so okay, I'm looking. You see this here? Um, let me get it to focus. Come on, focus. Oh, I didn't know it came in white. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I have this read button here. Yes, right here. <gasps> oh, so now I, see it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, on my stream deck, I can make, I'm going to turn off this stuff. You're okay. just on any website with an article and you uh, just hit that button. I and can it hit this button and it like triggers a uh, control shift P and it'll activate my read aloud extension and read a whole entire web page to me. Oh, that's and then awesome. I've got this little dial here for playback rate and I twist the dial and I can speed up videos or audios as I watch them. <laughs> like, like, oh like my God. I could just like crank it up to like 10, you know, and listen. Yeah. super fast so you I have, have a vault you have a dedicated volume knob which i want dedicated volume uh yeah dedicated volume i got playback rate knob i've got a read knob i got a timer uh but then like uh this one's just to turn on 2x just like straight on and off you know just like hey okay, let's, yeah. let's just do it um and then uh we got this here um so these are some cool accessibility ones so i have this one that just hits tab it triggers a tab key and so i can just like zoom like zip through a web page and see all of its focus states like straight through like i could just like speed run a web page is pretty cool oh it's a knob that you hit tab to so as you're spinning the knob it's going tap 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 yep and then if i go back it's going like shift tab shift tab shift tab. oh my gosh so it's kind of cool uh and then i have these things that hook these three buttons that hook into microsoft accessibility insights so the first one is this one let me see here yeah, so this will run like an accessibility 
test from Microsoft Accessibility Insights right on your site, like so it don't you know highlight broken okay. elements, like elements with the accessibility errors. This one will go find your your ARIA landmarks and highlight those, and then this one will like highlight your heading order and like show you like you know big like write out an H three next to the H three, so you can know you have a good document source order and stuff like that. So oh, wow. Anyway, it's been fun. Like I've been modding, I guess, customizing my stream deck to like do these cool things I kind of do generally, you know, but now I have like physical tactical buttons to do this job. It's yeah. weird and cool. I remember when I, it came out, I bought one too and I'm looking for it because I, I I don't leave it hooked up. But I was like, oh, I'll just get the little one. So mine just has six buttons. But you can still are, do a lot with six buttons. No, nah, yeah, it's cool, but I, I want the knobs. The knobs is good. Yeah, I was just looking the other day. Remember, I was, brought that up in Discord. I want a dedicated volume control. So I'm sick of grabbing my mouse and f going up to the little menu bar and using it, which, um, I mean, I guess I have the little buttons on my keyboard too, but I don't know. It's not as satisfying as just grabbing something and going, wow. No, the, vo the volume knob is pretty stellar. I, I, will, I won't lie. Because, like, you know, it's... It's the TV problem. It's like your phone calls are quiet, so you turn that up or, you know, that video is quiet, that podcast quiet, and then the next one's super loud, so then you're always messing mm. with it, you know? Or, like, I'll turn on music, and it's like, I li I want music. I just don't want that much, so like, let me turn it all down, you know? So um, the, the number one reason I bought it was for the le the Zoom leave meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just the like dedicated, a peace out button. I'm done. Yeah. Cause there's a, just cause that's always so awkward. Be like, okay, we're done with this meeting now. And then everybody's, you can literally watch people's eyeballs use their mouse, trying to find the little close button. <laughs> yeah, it's so awkward. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to see it. I just want to hit the button and we're, ah, I'm out. You no, know? that's good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but so, so my stream deck did that. And then, uh, then even then I only half the time I remembered to even use it and it was the only button, but now you got me convinced there's lots of good actions just for day to day stuff too, you know? Yeah. There's like a whole, for this one, at least like a whole Figma thing. Like I, I don't use Figma that, yeah. Like the, uh, I'm more in the dev mode -y side of things, but like, um, you know, if you wanted like keys for switching things or whatever, there's plugins for that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of in this idea of like what hotkeys, what like keyboard shortcuts do I use that would be more fun as a button, like copy URL, you know, control, command shift uh, C or whatever in arc or whatever I use. What is it? Command shift S. Yeah. Anyway, um, command shift C that's, that's the copy that URL. That's the URL. That's yeah, the best like, shortcut ever. Wouldn't it be cool to just copy URL? Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me go paste it somewhere. So yeah, I remember one time in CodePen we we had a, a copy URL button. It's still there in the share button. Now I'll never remove it because I took a, some analytics on it and be like, which one of these buttons is clicked the most? And that one was just so high, just massive. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. People just you know to, to a one click action to just grab the URL of the place that you are. People appreciate, you know. And well, I always found it so silly. I'm like, I don't know, just go grab it from the URL bar. Why do we need a special UI just for that? But the keyboard shortcut in Arc that works on any site has just proven that to be very, very excellent. No, when I go to another browser and it doesn't have it, it's stupid. It makes me it's mad. stupid. Yeah, you go yeah. and it's, you know, you're in an email and then you assume that the link is on your 
clipboard because you pressed that keyboard command while you were in Safari or something and it mm-hmm. doesn't grab it. And you're like, what's wrong? What is, do what? I need to restart? What is, what happened? How did, who yeah. messed up? It's so, annoying. Yeah. We had a fella write in. I'm going to make him anonymous, I think, just for, just for fun. I can't, okay, like, okay. hey, mostly because I can't remember. Uh, if he, they asked I mean, we for do that get a couple don't say my names yeah that's <laughs> so, yeah and yeah, anyway yeah. it's a, it's a, like a it's pretty personal anyway but the idea is look, they've been at this you know 15 years or something right and they had a, the personal website the personal website I looked and I was like this is a cut above it's good it's pretty good uh, but and they do you know freelance stuff you know they make websites their portfolio had stuff in it that did not look embarrassing you know I was like yeah good good for you but they were basically just saying I'm not I'm not doing that great. <laughs> I thought after all these years in tech, you're supposed to be making money. Mm. And they're just like, I'm just not there. I am just not there. Not doing as good for my family as I want to. Like, it's not like a disaster, but I thought after this much time learning this much tech, knowing this much stuff about tech, I should be doing a lot better than I am. And I was like, <laughs> brother, I t- I do not not know how to answer that off the off the tip of my head, but I will have a think on it. You know, like like what would you do if you're if you clearly know what's up? You know, you have a couple JavaScript frameworks under your belt. You have design sense. You've done client work for all these years. You're a personable, perfectly good tech writing person. How can you be like, all right, I need to turn up the dial on my bucks? Mm. I mean, you can sell blood. Uh, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a good answer, Dave. Come on. Yeah, plasma's um, way better. Plasma's where the money's at. Um, no, I, I mean, no, I don't have an answer. It's so, I, first of all, what I, I guess what I, my first answer would be, this is the weirdest year in tech like I've ever seen. So please don't judge <laughs> any of your performance based on this last year. It's been so weird. So that's that would be statement number one, right? It it might not be you in that sense. All right, statement two. Like, it, did did they say they were doing it alone? Like they're they're kind of like doing it on their own. Is that kind of that was the vibe I got, right? Um, I can't. It remember. did seem a little lone wolfy. Like yep. lone wolfy. Um, I I would say it might be time to get out of that. Um, Like I think there's a lot of fun and freedom in doing it yourself, but there's just, it's a lot of overhead and you're in charge of making every single dollar that comes through the door and that's hard work. And so I, I would just say it might, might be time to think about either, you know, either scaling up the business to where it's not just you, um, you know, working. And, and so like you can hire somebody else who whatever doubles your productivity or whatever. Um, or it would be to find somewhere that can pay you, you know, for these skills so that you've accrued doing lone wolfy work. So I, I think like th- that's that's a hard thing i know from running my own business it's like when you're in charge of every penny coming through the door it's it's um it's exhausting or or like some years you're going to have great years and some years you're going to have you know not so great years so you got to just kind of like 
uh, uh, somebody who knows how to budget is going to be like, well, you just plan for the not so great years. And it's like, no, buddy, it's way different uh, this time. Mm. But um, I, I would say running your own shop is adds so much, uh, adds so much like overhead that you to, to doing web businessing that I would maybe consider not doing it or getting a stable job and then doing that in your spare time to earn extra income if that's enticing to you. So, um, so that's what I would say. I don't know. Did you have thoughts, Chris? Or, um, I, I, I mean, you like all that stuff. I would say you improve what you measure kind of thing that, and that you should get numbers right in your face. What's, what are you making right now? Do you know exactly what is on a monthly basis, if not weekly basis, definitely a yearly basis, the last five years, write it down. You already know that number is not good enough. So what number is good enough, you know, mm -hmm. and then and then what's the delta there? How much more money do you need to make? I think that's a perfectly good way to do this. And then be like, oh, I'm, you know, let's say you made... 170 last year or something, you know, it depends on where you live. I know it probably sounds like an astronomical amount of money to some people and not enough money to live on some streets in San Francisco, you know, like it, whatever, that's just the way it is. And you're like, I need, I, it's got to get over 200, you know, like there's a little gap there kind of thing. That number feels like you can turn a dial with your pricing and hours worked and stuff and be like, I just got to hustle a little harder, charge a little bit more money. And I think I can bridge that gap and maybe that's it. Or if you're like, I need to double this, then you're going to have to be like, all right, I, I don't know if I have enough clients to, to do, to do that. Maybe, maybe the next client I get, I literally can double my rate on though. Like maybe I need to hustle around and sell myself and and have a number in mind that I'm not going to do the job unless it's so much bigger of a job than the last ones I've been doing that I'm just, it's, it's a no until that number is high or something, you know, got to make my big swing here. Or, you know, if you're real good, can you imagine a very different life? Like, can you pick a fang thing and just gun for it? Just, just really try to get in there find some high position contributor jobs or, or maybe management or maybe you can make the position, make the case that you basically have been managing projects for so long that that is part of your skill set, and you could get in on that and see if a salary at somewhere is better than you're doing now and go for the switch. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you could also like pull up a, uh... Yeah, you know, pull up old LinkedIn, right? And like find everyone you've ever worked with and see if they're working at a company or in a situation that you might want to work in, you know, that's, you know, a good place to go to, you know, but I agree with what you're saying, Chris, like, do you need to, do you need 10 or 20,000 more dollars to pay off the car? Or do you need like, you know, fifty hundred thousand dollars to keep the house? You know, those are two different situations. So. I would, you, you know, yeah. you may have to pause, pause. I don't know. You may have to just change it up. So, um, and then I don't know, it could be a, uh, hiring coach kind of situation or headhuntery situation, you know, like I know people who just kind of get buddies with headhunters and then they just send them offers every once in a while, you know, they're like, that's not a bad idea. 
sort of like having a realtor where it's like, if you see a cool house on a lake, please send me a link. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> if you have right. realtor friends, you know, you're like, if you see a houses on lakes and they're under a hundred thousand dollars, please send it to me. You know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's like, um, like, you know, what, do, you know, I would, it might be good to do that. You know, I don't know. No, I'm not saying like that work is necessarily going to be super great all the time, but I know a lot of people have jobs that do that. So yeah, maybe I expect there's something like that going along too. It's like, you know, what change is and how to do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that you haven't means that there's some other things that are grounding you towards not changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if somebody said, Hey, I'll, I'm going to, I'll give you 200, but you gotta, you know, you gotta get proficient in rust real quick, you know? And you're just like, Oh, I just don't want to, you know, then you're not wanting to is a more powerful force than your, I want to on her gay. Yeah. No. I mean, I know a guy who, uh, <laughs> has a good job and he's thinking about going to work at Twitter or X.com because they're offering a lot, you know, and I can't say I would make that same choice. So, um, but but, different uh, forces, different people, different strokes, but you know, it's just like, what is it? Different strokes for different folks <laughs> that safe for work. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, it sounds <laughs> racy, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you, I think like you just have, yeah. Like what, what would be your, where do you want to be? That, there's a lot that goes into that, right? Like, and that's questions I ask myself too. It's like, you know, like, you know, is it like, do I want I to maintain IC work or manager work or what, what work would be the, you know, like, I don't know. Those are, those are questions I ask myself. I have a fortune cookie here that says, uh, you let's see here, see if it focuses on it. You could prosper in the field of entertainment. So there you go. Maybe you need a fortune. Cookie. Wow. Yeah, I'm like I have a podcast fortune cookie, so chill. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it's I, I this it's such a tough question without knowing all of your specifics, you know. But um, it is it's fun to think about though, because there's all there's other classics too that you know. There's I'll tell you what, don't write a book. That's not going to work. Bad margins on that, you know. But what else do you got? Like, because I think part of this thing is like, yeah, it has some specific expertise in some specific areas. It looks pretty well-rounded to me, but uh, but but with some, you know, like T-shaped, you know, mm-hmm. what's the tip of the T? How niche is that? Like, can you maybe productize it or be real specific about like, let's say it's assembly or something like just as a as a placeholder mm-hmm. uh, technology could you could you like register subdomain called like assembly heroes or something and make that like a different play on like do you need th- like a high a super genius in this specific technology that we're for hire we know we're expensive but we're the best when it comes to assembly or <laughs> you know yeah yeah no, I mean, like there's somebody, if it's a, a skill that's in demand, you you know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, you could like probably maybe the market's out, but it's just, you know, it's like, like no bullshit web flow sites, you know, and you're just, that's what you, that's what you cook in the kitchen. You know, you're, mm. you're not doing a lot. You, you have like 
uh, Gordon Ramsay, you only serve five things in the restaurant, you know, and that's, but you, you just know how to do it. You do it good. You do it fast, but you don't do it cheap, you know? So you just like play up that you're just good and expensive and, you know, I don't know, just set the, set the tone for the engagement, you know? So that's good. Yeah. There's lots of ways to make money, you know, or, or productize a, a course, you know, those, those tend to still be doing okay, despite the economy or yeah. whatever you want to call it, the, the, the industry, if you take that specific expertise. And I think it's hard to build a business on it, you know, uh, like, but I think like having a course is great. Well, yeah, especially if it's just a delta between what you're doing now and a number where you're trying to get. I will always say blog. This is <laughs> um, mm. not because blogging makes money. It probably makes negative money. Uh, but it, I, in my experience, it makes you a known quantity, right? Like people know who you are or they can attach a whatever URL to a face or a brand, uh, you know, they know what you think, like, and how you think, cause you've published a post, you know, and they like can, you know, if you're posting about, you know, 700 articles about WP posts and all its problems, people are going to find you when they have a WP post problem and then they're going to know who you are. So like that, I would say like you, I, I rarely think you'll ever regret blogging your problems and being a known quantity in our industry like that. So, you know, there's YouTubes and all that stuff. You could get into that, but, but I think more so it's just like being the search result when people look for stuff, you know? So, or the search result that people link to from stack overflow. So it helps. Yeah. So uh, obviously a huge fan of that period. It's just that it's a abstract path towards money and requires it, upfront investment. And so, you know, it's, you probably want to tread lightly, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Do I mean, it, I just, I just feel like it has a, it's not, yeah. It's not like I blog, I get money. You know, it's, it's more what nonlinear. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Big fan though, especially for getting a job, all that kind of stuff. I just feel like it's such an obvious leg up. It's like, yes, do, do that. Even the word blog though, I feel it's feels, it feels loaded kind of, you know, mm. like you can do it and just don't call it blogging. <laughs> you know? Just, you're just writing. Garden, digital gardening. Yeah. You're gardening. Yeah, writing. But uh, Robin Rendell, Good old Robin. He called it publishing the other day. Did you read that post? Um, uh, I, I didn't, but I, I I made that same case to somebody just the other day is that you should, if you're going to take it, especially if you're taking it any more seriously than a personal blog, you should call it a publication. Right. But anyway, he, what did he say? Oh, I, I wish I could find it. But, um, you know, I think it was in his V13. Um Maybe not. Maybe it's somewhere else. Hey, I'll, I'll try to find a link to it. Um, but Robin was just kind of like, hey, like, I, I think I've like never called myself a publisher, but that's what I do. I publish blog posts. I publish, you know, internal documents about design systems. I publish, you know, I'm writing a book. Like, I like publishing, you know, and um, 
I just thought that was a very cool way to put it. And I, for me, it's the same. It's like, I like to publish thoughts and stuff online, videos, sometimes podcasts, obviously, you know, like I, I like, you know, th- there's a thrill in publishing and it never gets old. And I think, um, yeah, I thought it was just a very cool, like, um, I, I hadn't ever thought of myself as a publisher or something like that. Um, for a long time. So, or ever really. So, um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it gets there cause you, you know, you have some social media strategy that you've thought about, right. And you're producing social media cards and you have social media accounts that they go to. And, you know, if anybody adds a newsletter to that story, you're in publishing now. That's what yeah. publishers do. <laughs> they think weird? about all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like on a very small, scale i do publishing <laughs> so you well, you do because yeah. you, you, whether or not you've codified it you also are like you know how i talk on there i'm going to be consistent about how i talk on there i'm not going to write a post in first person once third person the other time or you know that's a dumb example but but you know i'm not going to write posts that one of them is you know praising my air fryer and the next one is yelling at a cloud or what, you know, like you, you generally like over time it smooths out like smooth how out. you talk. Yeah. yeah. And that's a content strategy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that publishers do, you know, the fact that you didn't write it down or make it public or have a guide that you share with other people, well, that's cause you're small and all in, but it's, it's still like, that's what that's, part of the, what a publication is as a package, you know? No, I I think it's, it's what you're going to talk about and what you're not going to talk about. Um, right. Like, I don't know. I mean, right. And how you're going to talk about it and the structure when you do talk about it. Yeah. Do you cuss? Do you not cuss? When, when do you cuss? You know, like, are you, you know, are you punchy? Are you gritty? Are you, yeah. Putting a middle finger to the capitalist How do you do intros? Do you do subheads or not do subheads? Do you link out to stuff in any particular format? Do you have a featured image? You know, it's a million things to think about. It can be a little overwhelming when you're starting it from scratch. So, you know. Yeah. I, uh, my strategy is start with nothing. <laughs> Just put words on a piece of paper and then, then iterate. Do 10 of those and then figure it out. So. Yeah. What do you want to improve? But. Yeah, it's um I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you know, there's no I I for me it's just that helps you it's I I can say it's led to work. It's people know who I am. Like when I go into a company, there's people like, Oh, I know who you are from the podcast or I know who you are from mm. the blog, you know, and it's like that's cool. Like I don't it is pretty cool. You've made the dis- the decision as a company of Luro too that you pr- put at least some publishing behind Luro as well, right? Those posts live right on Luro app. Yeah, we kind of have a bunch of like Luro app blog posts, you know, kind of more corporate stuff written a couple of those, and then you know, kind of big, not thought leady, but maybe, but it's it's more like here's how we are thinking about a problem, and here's how we're solving that in our application, you know? So, um, so I feel like that's like what we do there, you know, and it makes sense to be on the corporate blog, you know? So we do post YouTube videos. I do a Twitch stream every week, you know, like I'm publishing, I'm doing content. So it's weird. So it just so happens that it's gotten so easy. Tech tech has made it so easy over the years that we're just kind of accidentally doing it 
It used to be just so hard. You needed so much equipment and stuff. Not everybody's producing video. It used to be the job for TV studios alone. Oh, my gosh. When we started this podcast, we had a uh, RMP, RMTP server or something, SMTP, um, that would broadcast the podcast to an audio element like in an M3U file that would stream into an audio. You know, oh, you mean this show? This yeah, podcast. We, yeah, doing, we did, totally did that. We had like live <laughs> call-ins. You could call, hit a button and dial in from Trello or some crap. Like it was over the top. It's fine. Um, but like, man, uh, have we progressed? Um, and right you know, now we're doing this in Riverside and we could shoot this out to uh, YouTube or Twitch or whatever, if we wanted to, but it's like, we just log into a website now and hit one button and, and it's done. And then we hand it off to Chris ends to make it magical. So <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I mean, WordPress's little tagline was democratize publishing or, or something, right? I think it largely succeeded in that, but it's only a part of a, a much larger story about all all publishing. No, I mean, shoot, WordPress should acquire one of these uh, little companies, <laughs> Riverside or Zencaster. They should buy it because, I mean, this is how you do it, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to figure out how to get like two people on a Twitch stream. How do you get two people on Twitch? I'm using Riverside. So. Well, I feel like if, yeah. if if my if my five year old Dottie Ruby was like, "What should I get into?" You know, I'd be like, "You should get into video." Like, not that I not not right now. I'm just feeding like it feels like the future <laughs> you just is install iMovie on your iPad and say like, yeah. "Get to work." Kid. <laughs> yeah, kind of like get good at this. Not that like being a video editor is some like miraculous career or anything, but it is kind of cool and it feels like the future is is there heavily. And if you have those kind of skills early. And then you level up into related higher power careers later. It just seems like it's it's like, you know, the what was that old Dustin Hoffman movie? It's like plastics, kid, you know, like the new plastics, ones, like, vi- video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my son wanted to, he was like, I want to download Blender because he wants to make whatever hats that go into Roblox that he sells or whatever, you know, big plans. Mm. Uh, love him. He's only going to spend eight minutes on it and then not do it. Uh, but it was just like, I'm like 3d work is like that to me too. It's like the way movies are going and metaverses and what, you know, it's just like Apple vision goggles and stuff like that. Like being a, having 3d model skills seems like a slam dunkaroo. Like, like if you can do that efficiently and make cool art in 3d or I think it'd be awesome. Like my friend runs a desk company. Guess what they need? 3D modelers to put desks on the website. You know? Is that like, right? Yeah. So Cool. I mean, everyone needs a 3D model. Yeah. Man. You never know with kids. Too. I just remember when I was a kid, my mom would like accuse me of that. Like I'd jump around too many hot, you know, because I did. Because she had all the evidence in the world. Like, I want this toy. And then I'm like, vroom, vroom, buy me another one, you know? Right. But then eventually they, and eventually you don't. You know, mm-hmm. I remember I, when I got a the first guitar, she's like, this is, this, this is absolutely in that category. Well, I play it to this day. So right, right. wrong about that one. You know, eventually they stay. I tell you my strategy to get my kids to play the guitar. Uh, they're slowly hmm. s- showing interest. Uh, but 
I was like, maybe I need to do what my stepdad did and forbid me to play his guitar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh. if, so I put a guitar in the house. It's a nice one, like a, a yeah. Stratocaster. Uh, uh, you know, it's nice. Has an amp that goes pretty loud, right? Yeah. But one rule is don't touch dad's guitar. Uh, and that's probably the best way to get them to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> oh my God, you're, that is classic. If that's what you're actually doing right now. I'm considering it. I'm really it, like, it's really up there in my thought process. Like this is dad's don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might work. It might work. There was a, my stepdad had a, had a Corvette that was absolutely f- forbade to do anything, but that was a little more obvious, you know? And I had, you know, I had proven that occasionally I would make mistakes in that vein. So I don't necessarily <laughs> blame Good them in a way. Proficient but. at car wrecks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made it, but it, it, it unfortunately it did the opposite for me. I'm like, oh, well, screw that thing then. I don't care about it. I don't need a fancy yeah. car. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm considering, I don't know. We'll see. I, I wonder, I think it would work on one kid and not work on the other. That's, that's what I honestly think. One of my kids, my daughter, tell her, no, that's your first mistake. So that was, uh, that was the, <laughs> that was the first mistake you made. You have eight seconds to fix it or else uh, she's going to remember. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. All right, man. Yeah. Good times. Wrap her up. Uh, yeah, this is fun. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this. And you probably got your choice. Be sure to start her favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Uh, follow us on Mastodon, uh, uh, shop talk show at front end dot front hyphen end dot social. Uh, and then uh, join us in the discord. Cause that's where the party's at. Patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Oh, I don't know. Shoptalkshow.com. 